You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Take a man podcast from Odyssey Sports. Greg Hoffman here. Logan Paulson there. We will be at Tap Sports Bar MGM National Harbor on Sunday to preview this game for three hours. We'll also keep you updated on all things going on on around the league in the one o'clock window as well. Um, so you can come hang out with us, Tap Sports Bar, MGM National Harbor for the Take Command pregame show. And of course, you can listen all three hours on 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980. Watch it on YouTube. So uh, we just talked about the pass protection, Logan. Uh, how does it hold up against this Seattle defense? We're going to find out. They've got a lot of talent. What do you see when you watch them on tape? Yeah, I mean, I think the, um, you know, in terms of defensive front, looking to start there because we're just talking about the offensive line. Boye Mafe, the second round pick last year out of Minnesota, has been kind of their guy. He's had a sack in the last six games, so which is a pretty cool record, I think, that shows a little bit of consistency. He probably should have had a couple more against Baltimore, but Lamar Jackson did Lamar Jackson stuff and got out of some stuff. Um, he's He's kind of their guy. I think the other guys on that defensive line are – are fine, but there's nobody that like jumps out to you as as being uh, dominant. I think what's the other defensive end's name? If you could look that up, I got it right here on my phone. But um, you know, they're they're talented athletes that I think are are dynamic in terms of pass rush. But um, you know, like they haven't been that productive, and I think there's some issues there. Talking about Daryl Taylor, Daryl Daryl Taylor. Thank you. And so I think that's one of the reasons you go out and you trade for Leonard Williams is to add a little bit of juice to your pass rush. So when you look at how they've got got it listed on the depth chart, how they played last week, they've got Boye Mafe on the offensive left, and they've got um, Leonard Williams who plays basically in like this 3-4 structure they run. He plays the right defensive end. So like Chris Paul and Charles Leno, you're going to have to earn your paycheck this week. And, um, you know, obviously Taylor, I think, is the other guy on the other side is is a good athlete and a good pass rusher. Remember, I kind of made that distinction. We were talking about Montez and Chase a couple weeks ago. He's yeah. not the best defensive end, but he's a good pass rusher. And they've got a couple guys like that with some decent pass rush juice. It's just about can they turn that juice into production consistently. So it's it's a group that I feel 
I feel very comfortable with. You know, Mafe's the guy that's been very consistent for them. So you got to kind of star him. Leonard Williams, obviously a good football player, but there's not it's not overly dynamic. They're good, it's a good D line, but it's not amazing. I think the thing that really where they get a lot of miles out of is they do a really good job with their five-man pressures. And they don't do them all the time. They kind of run this Seattle cover three, cover two. They play a little bit of man. You know, that's kind of been an evolution of the system up there. But, uh, you know, pretty conservative coverage structure. And uh, they are pretty selective about when they bring five-man pressure. So they're bringing a nickel. Jamal Adams is a guy they blitz quite a bit. They bring a linebacker occasionally. But they do a good, a really, really good job about turning those five-man pressures, five-man pressures into actual pressures and sacks. And I went and watched all of their takeaway cutups um, yesterday. So they have 14 takeaways. I think they're like 10th in the NFL in takeaways or 9th in the NFL in takeaways. So they do turn the football over quite a bit. And what you find is a lot of those come off of those five-man pressures. They just run them really, really effectively. And it's not like they're doing anything crazy. You can just tell they they have a very simple defense, very straightforward defense. And one of the things that allows you to do is – be a f- really, really good at what you do. And that's what they are. They're really good in those five-man pressure situations about, hey, I'm not rushing I'm not rushing this guy right down the middle. I'm attacking his inside shoulder. So the guard can't push through to this blitzer. The blitzer's going to be free to the quarterback. The quarterback, you know, makes an errant throw. They get an interception. Because in the back end, you know, Tyreek Woolen's not playing as well as he was last year, but still a dynamic football player, converted receiver, can catch the football. Obviously, um, the kid from Illinois, his name is Devin Witherspoon. Yeah. Witherspoon is balling right now. Trey, uh, Trey Brown, I think, is the other corner. He's got two interceptions. He's doing a great job. So they do have guys in the back end that can hurt you. So I think it's just about – and they've been very effective as a defense outside of the Baltimore game, which I think is probably more on the offense if I were going to assign any kind of blame here. I think the offense turned the ball over four times. Two interceptions, two fumbles, if I remember correctly. Um, but – they, they've been very consistent. So I think this defense, while simple, is pretty good. And um, and they're, they're well coached. And that's something that they weren't last year. Um, and I think that's a nice that's a nice thing to see up in Seattle, kind of hearkening back to what they were, you know, when I was playing, kind of the Legion of Boom type stuff. So, yeah, um, obviously some of the simpler coverage structures uh, Sam has done better against this sure. year. We can talk about that in a second. I just had a flashback, though. Um, you meant you said Jamal Adams' name, and I was like, "Oh God, uh, that's right, he's there." Last time Washington played Jamal Adams was 2019, and he was a terror. Like, oh, was he? Three, three sacks, three tackles for loss. Like he was everywhere. Uh, it was one of his last games with the Jets, I think, before he got traded. But yeah, oh my God, uh, peak Jamal Adams was was something else. There's a reason Seattle traded two first round picks for him. It hasn't really that's worked crazy. out for them. That's um, crazy because obviously he's been hurt a ton, but. Um, back healthy and he's not he's not what he used to be but still a good football player Condra Diggs is is also very good so they've yeah. got a ton of talent in that back end um, which is obviously scary like to me the thing that I look at their depth chart and I'm like god they got speed everywhere yeah. um, you know we'll see if Jordan Brooks plays at inside linebacker he's he's banged up but if not like he's been they, got Devin, they got Devin Bush behind him like and again like Devin Bush hasn't been what I think he was expected to be coming out in the draft otherwise he'd still be you know was it Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh where he yep. started um, and would you know everyone's like oh my god he's gonna be the next great Steelers linebacker and he's he's not but like this the team speed they have is I think going to be interesting to watch that matchup and you know, watching Ken Sam adjust to uh, from a New England team that lacked that didn't have like yeah, the most, that's a great point. You know, insane athletes all over the field to a, a a team that's got 
plays pretty simple structures, but it's going to have guys everywhere. And it, what you see is with that team speed that you're alluding to is that the windows, even though you can kind of identify those coverage structures, <clears throat> excuse me, is um, is there's small windows because guys are ripping in the football. And I think, and they do enough variation. They play enough cover three. They mix in enough cover two. They mix in enough man where if you're not really dotting your I's and crossing your T's, you'll throw them the ball because you, you think it's a different coverage than it is and, and you'll get an interception. And it, it's not like they – they don't live in that the same way that New England does with regards to like, hey, we're trying to be varied. We're trying to be, you know, this exotic coverage structure, exotic blitzes. They don't do that, but it's just kind of enough of a change up, kind of like we were talking about with the pass rush stuff earlier. It's enough of a change up that it keeps you on your toes offensively. So um, I think this is going to be a really interesting matchup. I think Sam should do fine with it. I think the offense should do fine with it in general, but I think the the thing that you kind of circle with a red pen is like how do these corners match up with our receivers and our playmakers because like you said they are pretty dynamic playmakers and like I said Tyreek um, is not playing as well as he was last year but he still is a is a he's six four and he runs a four three forty and it shows up on film and he's kind of all over the field in that regard so you know can you take advantage of that can you take advantage of the uh, of Trey Brown and. A lot of teams have tried, but have not been very successful. So outside of Baltimore, where they absolutely took them behind the woodshed, but that was more of them running the football. And that was kind of their Achilles heel last year was they were bad against the run. And prior to the Baltimore game, they were pretty good. They were they were pretty good defense, like a top 12 defense. So it's I think I think it'll be a very, very interesting challenge, very unique uh, in terms of what they're going to be seeing from an athlete standpoint, for sure. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Um, so we play predict a game plan uh, here. Put put you as EB. How yeah. do you attack them? Do you do you try to repeat some of what Baltimore did and, and run it, or you just go like that's what Baltimore does? It's not what we do. We gotta we gotta try to find ways to to create good matchups, give Sam easy looks, and and get the ball out of his hands. Yeah, I think that's what you're gonna. That's what you have to do. And it's crazy because when you look at like they played Cincinnati, and I know Joe Burrow wasn't right, but I think that game was 17-13. Cincinnati won, but it was kind of a slugfest. They've held a lot of teams to not a lot of points. Arizona to ten. Uh, they had another game in there where it was thirteen, like very low scoring affairs, and um, and the offense for Seattle has been turning the football over quite a bit. So I think this is a good defense. It's just about kind of finding what you're looking for, and I think I would kind of I don't want to say cut cut and reuse what I said what I used against Philly but it's going to be very similar to that you're going to kind of know what they're in can you take advantage of it can you throw the quick game can you throw the screen screens can you get Sam settled in can you get the crowd to quiet down a little bit I want I think to talk about the crowd for sure in a second yeah that's that's going to be a huge thing for them so if I'm if I'm doing a game plan I say what's been effective for them it's been the quick game screens selective about your shot plays and giving Sam some autonomy at the line of scrimmage. And I think that's what you're going to see. And I think Tyler Larson in this game has to be excellent because you're dealing with all this crowd noise. And like I said, they don't blitz a ton, but they, they're good at the five-man pressures. So can we help Sam identify those five-man pressures? Because we have five offensive linemen. We should be able to pick it up. 
let's make sure we get them targeted correctly. So that brings us to the crowd noise um, because they've done a great job of giving Sam this autonomy at the line of scrimmage. He's able to do, you know, hand signal this, but it's also yell that and, and you know, rip, yeah. Liz, whatever, you know, whatever these line calls are week to week. Uh, and and now, now you can't say anything because in Seattle, it is probably the loudest stadium in the NFL. It's just a, a cool design. Like it, this stadium, for those that don't know, is like a genuine feat of engineering. It's 50,000. It's not It's not like it's 100,000 people in there like Dallas is or some of these other stadiums that are monstrous. It's a cool stadium. But, but it's 50,000, and the way they designed it is there's like overhangs over the, the stands on either side. It's open on one end uh, where like the 12th man flag is. I think everyone's seen that. Um, but the way the sound from the stands, like the angle of the actual – stands were built at and where those awnings are over top the sound bounces like this and it all triangulates down onto the field mm -hmm. and so it's super loud very specifically onto the field and everybody in seattle knows it and they get really loud on third down and they get real and like they're smart fans they get really loud when right. you're in the huddle like i remember Cooley used to talk about this um when i was working with him at 980 way back when He's like, some fans are smart fans and some fans are dumb fans. And the right. dumb fans will let the play call happen in the huddle. And then as the team walks in the line of scrimmage, it's like, all right, get loud for your defense. And it's like, cool, we already did the communication part. Thanks for uh, thanks for playing. Now sure. you're just getting me like amped up for the play. Now, Seattle, it will be loud all the way through. You're going to have to yell in the huddle. Uh, you, you, you're going to have to be really, really crystal clear with your communication. Like Sam is going to be hoarse at the post-game press conference for sure. Um, and the ability to make adjustments to the line of scrimmage nevertheless snap the football um and, and have an actual snap count is going to be severely limited as long as this is a close game and the crowd's into it so how do you combat that especially with a young quarterback who has probably never faced something i mean denver's crowd is pretty good um but i don't think he's he's faced something quite like this as a pro yeah, he's played pretty big time college football so he's had some exposure to it yeah. but obviously nfl you play at clemson like it's it's loud as hell, it's but loud. it's different. It's different in college. There's something about that stadium, man. And I think you alluded to it with the engineering, but like you'll be on the field. I'll be right next to the offensive lineman and I, I cannot hear what he's saying, you know? And I think that's something that it, it's, it sounds crazy, but we're two feet from each other. And I have to like turn and look at him while he's making the call to make sure that I get the correct call. I understand where the run's going. It's not like usually you get to line of scrimmage and the, and you know, the center will be like, Hey, we're going, you know, 51, 51. And then I go, oh, okay, well, we're going to triple to 58 or whatever. But now I got to look, I got to see, physically see his point. And that's the other thing, like they shift around a lot, not Seattle doesn't, but if they do move around a little bit, it affects the targets, it affects the runs. So um, it is going to be challenging. I remember uh, this is, we didn't do this in Seattle, but Kirk was always really good about getting in the huddle and like kneeling down and like sitting on his haunches kind of, and like barking the play up into the huddle and it really made it easier to hear it as opposed to a lot of quarterbacks who kind of stand in and then talk down because when I was um, I forget where I was but I actually had to the quarterback wouldn't do that I think it was Jay Cutler and I actually had to like get on my hands and knees so I could see his mouth because he was just kind of talking to the ground but it's it, those are the types of things that matter here right they, they it seems ridiculous but it's how because like, so much of what you do offensively is communication so can I get the play? Do I understand what I'm doing? And so for Sam to understand, like, how's he going to deliver the play in the huddle? How loud does he have to be? Does the offensive line, like, that was another thing Kirk was excellent at. He'd be in the huddle and be like, look at the offensive line, yell the two jet, yell the pass concept to the receiver, 
point to the Z if the Z was tagged. You know, like he was really good at doing that. And I think, and Matt Ryan was excellent at it too. And Deshaun Watson was excellent at it. Like the, the, the top flight quarterbacks that I played with were excellent at that stuff. And so uh, for Sam, I got I haven't had to do that really. Can I learn how to do that? You mentioned Denver is a good stadium, but it's going to be different. Then at the line of scrimmage, that gets crazy. You know, if 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 you're not really dialed in, if you if your team isn't dialed in, um, that can be really really challenging. And they've added a little bit more of that. And I think it's really helped them. So right. like it's not just Sam, but it's the whole offense being aware right. of the situation. And that this I know this sounds like to a lot of people like maybe it's overkill, but that's how you have to operate in these crazy loud environments. Like in in the dome, um, when in Minnesota's new stadium, it gets loud like that. You have to, I have to really think about. It. I have to look at the ball to get snapped. I have to kind of periff the quarterback if he comes to the line of scrimmage. I have to get up and look at it. it there's a lot of stuff that goes into that, and uh, you have to signal the routes. Like you can't just spark them out anymore. You got to signal what you're doing. So it is a comprehensive thing. And I I remember when I was in Atlanta, this is something we used to do. Matt Ryan used to whisper the play. We wouldn't have any crowd noise, but he gets to the line of scrimmage. He'd be like. All right, he'd be like, hey, twins, twins right. Da, 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 da. You know, and it was like, and you have to really, and he'd whisper his cadence and he'd whisper the check and um, you had to just be really dialed in. And I think if you have a methodology for that in the week, it's very, very helpful. And so some teams will bring out the speakers, but the one thing I, re I respect about Matt Ryan a lot is that he was thinking about it for every walkthrough. We'd be in like a sneakers in the gym and he would be whispering his cadence. He'd be whispering the play so that we'd, we'd get used to not being able to hear it. And, and we'd have to develop our own way of hearing it. And I don't, I don't think Sam's going to do that because he's a young guy, but what is, are the coaches going to help him kind of develop that process would be interesting. Yeah. By the time this podcast comes out, it'll be a little later in the week, but we can cut up the clip and send it to EB and be like, Hey, what do you think of this? What do you think about the whisper practice? It, nope. was, it was okay. I remember the first time we had an away game when I was in Atlanta and I was like, he's like legit whispering the cadence. <laughs> like I can't, you know, and I was like, this is really smart. But all yeah. the guys that had been there, it was like old hat. They, you know, they had their yeah. way of like hearing it and stuff. So it was interesting. Smart. It's really, really yeah, smart. Very He's, smart. You, yeah. why, why did Matt Ryan play 18 years and win an MVP and uh, yeah. probably go into the Hall of Fame? Uh, that's that's why, because he just he thinks about the game in that level of detail. If you reread stories about like Peyton Manning, same type of stuff, yeah. um, they always have a way. Um, but I think it's just to, to kind of wrap up this point and wrap up the thoughts on the offense, like part of the success of the last couple of weeks is they've been in good looks. They've been in good plays. They've gotten themselves out of bad plays. Um, and they've taken advantage of, of certain things where it's like, Oh yeah, we got them. Okay. Let's get into that play that, you know, for this formation or this, uh, you know, this coverage, this front, this alignment. And if you can't have that communication, you're stuck in bad plays. And that's obviously not a great way to operate offensively.